electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Good Wednesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer. David Faber has the morning off. Final day of Q1, and there's a lot of news. Uh, Pfizer says its vaccine has 100% efficacy for young teens. President rolls out infrastructure this afternoon. ADP, strongest number since September ahead of Jobs Friday. Our roadmap begins with continued vaccine optimism. Pfizer, as we said, says its COVID vaccine 100% effective in kids 12 to 15. Biden unveils the infrastructure plan later today and fighting new voting laws. Dozens of black executives delivering a call to action. We'll start, though, Jim, with the Pfizer news. It's been a while since we've had some uh, vaccine data. They're talking about no major safety issues, as we said, uh, completely effective. And they're hoping they can request authorization in the coming weeks. Uh, Look, this is really great. And don't underplay this because. While we've inoculated uh, many seniors, this is the cohort that spreads. And they don't necessarily feel it, but they certainly can give it to older people. Anybody who has a uh, younger children like this knows that you really couldn't see them if you were a grandparent. It just was too dangerous. So I thought this was very, very positive. I know that if we're going to get to herd immunity, this group has to be under, uh, has to be vaccinated. And it takes, again, off the table, the impending doom comment from uh, Dr. Wonski at CDC. Yeah. At this point, Jim, you got 29 percent of the population has one dose. Fifty percent of seniors are fully vaccinated in this country, Uh, although we continue to see trouble spots around the world. Uh, British Columbia is going to shut down for three weeks. India's cases are seeing severe rises. uh, France is talking about perhaps another lockdown. Uh, but you got to say that the U.S. continues to lead the charge on this. Yeah, definitely. I, I know that uh, Phil Abbott talked about how travels come back in the country. But what is missing is, is travel to Europe. Uh, you, you really can't go. I, I do think that there's uh, 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 that other countries are botching it. And when we see it, it's really painful because they should have learned from our mistakes. It just seems like they haven't. Uh, United States is vaccinating more than 3 million people a day. I mean, that's incredible. We keep getting these memos. I mean, if you're from New Jersey, New York, you keep getting uh, emails from the state saying, you know what, this week it's this. And then next week it's this. Next week. This is not uh, glacial. This is revolutionary. And everyone should get something by the uh, if you didn't get vaccinated by the end of May, your state's not doing a good job. Yeah, I saw some photos out of Ohio yesterday, Jim. Uh, Kids 16 and up in Ohio getting their shots. Uh, As the president said a few days ago, 90 percent of the population is going to be be eligible in about three weeks. And it kind of leads us, Jim, to the ongoing reopening story uh, regarding corporate America, at least. Wells Fargo yesterday saying that after September 6th, start thinking about what they're calling a more normal return to work. In their words, Jim, we believe most of us benefit when we are physically together. That's going to get interesting. At the same time, this piece in the journal this morning about J.P. Morgan, Salesforce, Price Waterhouse Coopers subletting an awful lot of real estate 
in New York City, up 40 percent uh, year on year. It's not a cost issue this time, Jim. Not the, like prior cycles where the, they were trying to save money. They just don't need it. Charlie Scharf, who runs Wells Fargo, uh, he's like this invisible man. I mean, that piece comes out, which is that you got to be back in September. No one says anything about how Charlie Scharf is a cruel taskmaster, that this is going to take share from anybody else. It just kind of goes out there. And I wonder whether Wells, uh, Charlie Scharf is thinking, we're going to pick up business from these other guys who are running a country club setting. Uh, those of us who know Charlie Scharf know that while he is certainly convivial, a lot of fun, He's as tough as nails. And I think this statement was basically, you know what, other guys, you want to continue to play in the Hamptons? We're at the office. And I think it's going to get, I think it's going to get him some business. It certainly gets him some notoriety. I, I, Charlie's a terrific guy. I wish he would come on and just talk about this because he's basically saying, come on, we're all vaccinated. Let's get serious. And these other firms are, well, okay, you got the country home, you know, Zoom me and we'll talk to you later. No, yeah. not Charlie. Charlie's so, taking so you think That's you what he think- wants. Do you think we're approaching a stage, Jim, where either being in the office uh, close to your boss is going to be a competitive workplace edge? And, and at the, along the same lines is corporate travel. Uh, we've talked about this for months. At what point would it be your edge if you were willing to actually get on the plane and go see the client? And would the client actually want to receive you? Well, look, I think if, the, if there's fabulous restaurants and expensive bottles of wine, they're going to they're want to see you. I mean, I know I want to be so simplistic, but the idea that you're going to sit there and do Zoom, this is, uh, it, look, this is not a Mexican standoff, okay? I mean, you're going to just have to say, I got to go. I got Charlie Sharp is sending that guy from Wells Investment Banking. I guess I got to go. And you call the, the, uh, your target. You, you, you call the potential customer. And, if the, and there's going to be customers who say, I'd love to go out. Sure. I mean, the, this is the roaring 20s, for heaven's sake. I want to go out to the best places, and they're still in business. I think that uh, Shantanu Narayan, who was on uh, excellent CEO at Adobe, he talked about a fourth quarter, the travel and entertainment budget's going to go up. And I thought that was really significant because he's got to go after some big clients, and he's, gonna, he's saying, listen, I'm going to win them over. He's the only guy in all these uh, estimates that I see who basically says, listen, that budget's got to go higher. We've got to win business. And as far as these big investment banks, they all have these training programs. And you've got to call the wheat from the chaff. You don't know who's any good if you're just doing things by Zoom. So I think it, that people are going to follow Charlie Sharp's lead. I think that they might not want to. I think that you're going to read that J.P. Morgan is going to receive in some of their uh, 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 of the sublets and people are going to be back because Charlie basically is saying, all right, you want to, don't want to come in? I'll train the best and they'll take your clients. How do you feel about that, <laughs> Goldman Sachs? <laughs> Charlie's the most competitive guy I've met. I mean, he's, he's just kind of a yeah. velvet fist, if you wonder the truth. I, I just love him. He's incredibly funny. But, yeah, he's about taking share. Uh, interesting, Jim. You know, it is, as we said at the top, uh, final day of the quarter. Uh, ADP, as we mentioned, uh, pretty strong, not quite as strong as estimates, but it is the best number since September, again, leading to some uh, suspicions of strength around Jobs Friday in a couple of days. And then you got infrastructure, a lot of de- details starting to come out about promises for EV charging stations nationwide, retrofitting homes, universal affordable broadband uh, by, I think it's uh, 2030. Um, what do we think? Is the thinking right now, Jim, that this is inflationary, going to overheat the economy? Or is this, as the White House said this morning on Squawk, an historic opportunity to invest in a country where 
We're number 13 around the world in an infrastructure spend. Well, uh, uh, former President Trump used to talk all the time about what a second rate uh, uh, infrastructure we had in the country versus China. Uh, I think that the rap this time is let's wait and see, uh, because we're putting so much uh, money into the economy. And uh, the uh, a lot of the stimulus was based on the fact that we would never have this kind of vaccination rate. So I, I think there may be people who want to say wait and see. When I look at the at the package of what people of what the president wants, it's very little of it seems to actually be towards uh, uh, bridges. Uh, we don't make bridges in this country for the most part. We stopped making bridge steel a long time at Bethlehem Steel. I think they're turning that into an RH and it's been a casino. I, I, so I don't know how much I, I don't want people to go out and buy these stocks. I've been saying if you want to be involved by Nucor, uh, by Martin Marietta Materials and by Vulcan Materials, the last two are aggregate companies. Why? Because their business is great to begin with. So if you don't get an infrastructure, you're going to do really, really well. Uh, when you see something like uh, rural broadband, you're not going to make any money off of it. When you see some of the of the policies that they want to uh, where they're giving uh, better care for individuals. You're not going to make any money on it. There is a, something in there for uh, building up fabs. It, very difficult to do now that Intel said that they want to build fabs. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I find that it's too much of a pastiche. They better figure a better theme. I really want to know the theme here because it seems it's very scattershot. Yeah. Uh, Pelosi's talking about passage. She uh, hopes by the 4th of July. I did notice a Cleveland Cliffs EBITDA guide this morning, Jim, better than expected. Got some steel names with a bit of a, a tailwind this morning. Um, there's an interesting piece out of Tom Friedman in The Times this morning talking about how we're supposed to think about government support. And his general view, and maybe you agree, maybe you don't, is that the government comes in and, and helps at least lower the price of these new innovations, that allows companies to come in with a profit-centric motive and sell the way capitalism is supposed to work. Well, look, that, that's the way it works in other countries better than our country. I mean, for instance, South Korea is deeply committed to, to clean hydrogen. Clean hydrogen is uneconomic. We can say we're committed to clean hydrogen, but not put any money on it. And so it's not going to scale in this country. It's going to be up to the South Koreans and and to the People's Republic of China, which are very committed because it is the cleanest form of energy. They put money behind it and that gets companies to be involved. That South Korea is good capitalism. We have to do more of that. And I think that when I see that Mm. our government is is blocking off an area of South Jersey where you can uh, in the coast where we can have windmills. Uh uh. No, I mean, you got to like write a check to the, to the companies that make windmills and say, we got to get the price down. Here's some seed money. So my hope is that they do do what Tom Friedman says. I think Tom Friedman's right. We, we all remember that NASA uh, lowered the price of so many good materials. Uh, but right now, it's, I'm hard pressed to figure out what our government has lowered the price of. Right. Uh, business Roundtable yesterday, Jim, said in their view, you only need, well, only, they say we need about one to one and a half trillion to get infrastructure to where you really want it to be. But they are opposed, Jim, to any kind of rise in the, in the corporate income, uh, corporate tax right. rate. And if we go back to 28, that's something that, I don't know, is it a liability for, for stocks or not? Well, I think it has to be just because there are these strategists who are always anxious to be able to take down their, their number first because it can make a uh, splash. I know they're also talking about making it so more money, uh, the tax rates for money that's repatriated. 
What a loser. I mean, the companies just don't repatriate. I mean, that's the whole point. The only reason why I lowered that is because companies keep it overseas. And that was a great move to get the money back. But I am sure that you will start hearing that what did they do with the money? They gave dividends and they gave uh, buybacks. I think that's a false narrative. I think part of the, the great GDP growth is that there was a lot of money put into this country. So I'm hoping they don't uh, scrap that because you'll never see a dime from overseas. Yeah. That was sort of the, the focus of the B of A piece earlier in the week, Jim, that coming out of the financial crisis, it's exactly what happened. They went yeah. straight to buybacks and dividends. But that the, my, the picture might be different this time, given how our overall priorities regarding infrastructure might have shifted. And by the way, uh, Jim, $174 billion just for EV markets alone. I mean, that's... That's a big that's a big push. Well, look, EV is the future. There's no doubt about it. But if you look at what Ford's doing, you look at what GM's doing. I mean, they're deeply committed to uh, to do it. Uh, we have enough SPAC charging stations that they're committed to do it. I want to know what they <laughs> intend to do EV that we're not doing already. Uh, particularly because, by the way, the parts for EV are they're stalled. I mean, we had a. We had a just a total debacle this morning, and I'll get into it later. When Romeo Power, I, the companies that the SPAC companies that were involved with uh, electrification, well, there you can fund, you can write a blank check to any of these. Uh, so I think the government should be more focused on what the blank check wouldn't be written to than what they're writing to. Right. There's also, uh, and there's been a lot of hand wringing about this in the past few days, the ways in which. The prior attempt at doing all of this under the Obama administration kind of right. led to some embarrassing stumbles, right? Oh, Solyndra and Fisker. Uh, and, and although uh, that package ended up creating about a million jobs and the Energy Department's loan program actually did make money, um, there was plenty of ammo there if you wanted to create an opposition strategy on the other side. Well, look, I, the, the examples are so glaring that they tend to really uh, camouflage or disguise what was a good jobs program. Uh, solar has come down in price, by the way, and where it's I mean, this is going to sound a little soporific, but where it's sunny, we got solar. Uh, which is why they, they're trying to figure out uh, wind in the Northeast. Uh, but we're very we're, our solar uh, initiatives have worked. And that may be an example of the government really bringing a lot of attention to solar. But really, the state government, California, has been so forward uh, that it's almost uh, there's a lot of power, more power coming from people's homes than uh, a lot of the power companies need. It's, a, it's an ongoing issue. I, I, look, we all look for it, but I think that the people who try to make money off of it, if you want to make money off of EV charging, charging stations, be careful. I know of four of them, and uh, I don't think that you're going to they're all going to go at it. So I think stick with what you what you believe in. You mentioned Cleveland Cliffs. I mean, there's a company that's doing really, really well. If you really think that there's going to be something involving bridges and tunnels and you need steel, and unless you're using recycled steel like they use from Nucor, then I think you uh, probably do want Cleveland Cliffs. And stick with the ones that are right, working. Right. By the way, these industrials, they stopped. By buying, the way, they were buying back stock. They've stopped. They're putting a lot of money in the economy, Carl. So we should drop that false narrative that they're not doing anything. They're winning. Uh, yeah. By the way, Jim, you mentioned uh, the chip shortage and how that problem is sort of difficult to untangle anytime soon. I did notice that Chuck Robbins talked to Yahoo Finance uh, yesterday and said the shortage could last a couple of years. Uh, just because of the, the strong demand and says we've got to fight our way through it. Well, we got to hear what Micron says uh, tomorrow. But 
I understand why Chuck could be so bearish just because the, the demand side is extraordinary. And you're sold out. Plot materials sold out. Uh, a KLA 10 core, you can't get anything. The one that's really unbelievable is Lamb Research. I mean, Lamb Research is just a juggernaut. Uh, well, I think Chuck's a little too bearish. Maybe that's because team knocked out. It didn't even get in the NCAA. It's probably down about that. <laughs> I'm sure he's watching right now, Jim. Uh, we'll take a break here. Uh, we're going to want to hear what Jim has to say about Lulu and Chewy. Got some important calls on Apple, by the way, an upgrade over at UBS, uh, Harley, Square, uh, as well as additional news. Cannabis, of course, New York State, a big story. Futures are mixed. We're back in a moment. You seek the key, but first, you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system up to a 313-mile range, and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt, or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big-picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. Dozens of the nation's black business leaders are calling on corporate America to oppose new laws that would restrict the rights of black voters and use their clout, their money, their lobbyists to sway the debate with lawmakers. Ken Frazier and Ken Chenault leading that effort. And this is what they said earlier this morning on Squawk. Americans must vote. Black Americans must vote. And it would, when it comes to protecting the rights of all Americans to vote, there can be no middle ground. We cannot be in the business of creating unjust and undemocratic laws. What we do is we raise the specter of voter fraud, and now we restrict legal voters, eligible voters' ability to cast ballots. And that's what's wrong with this bill. Jim uh, Frazier uh, took pains to point out that this is not a, a partisan issue, that there are instances in the past where Democrats also tried to corral certain types of voting under various instruments, something that he actually filed lawsuits against. But it's a remarkable step. As, as David, If David were here, he'd talk about the issues that CEOs are taking on in, in new ways. I thought that we solved this in 1964 with the Voting, the voting Rights Act, Lyndon, Lyndon Johnson. This is embarrassing. I think that Ken Frazier and Ken Schnoller are just great Americans. And the idea that there are not uh, 500 CEOs in the S&P 500 standing with them is really absurd. And this, these battles were won. Bobby Kennedy won them. Martin Luther King won them. LBJ won them. And to have this now, this rearguard action against, against people who led us through this, is disgraceful. 
I don't mind saying that. It's just disgraceful. And I, Ken Frazier has been such a beacon. Ken Chenor, what, what just an, an amazing CEO. These guys, are, are, are they stand for America. I don't know what the other people stand for, but they want to go back and read history. Because if they read history, they know that they are fighting the tide of history. And I just find this to be shameful and disgraceful. LBJ, who had a lot of flaws, and, and, and RFK, who had a lot of flaws, they won this battle. And these people who are fighting this, they really need to study their history. They should go take a civics lesson. Hmm. Jim, what do you think is holding other companies back uh, who, who are not being vocal about this? Some of the, the, the lobbying groups, uh, Business Roundtable and U.S. Chamber, the focus is on them to take a stand, and as well as some high-profile companies based in Georgia, Jim. We know which ones they are, and they didn't necessarily come out swinging against this legislation. Fear. Fear of clients, fear of government, fear of their own shadow, fear of being great Americans because they're afraid it will cause heat for their bottom line. I don't know. Hey, listen, I mean, I've, yeah. look, I, I, these are not Democrat and Republican issues. They're just not. And uh, I think that all these people will have to uh, will have to look at what Ken Chenault said and, and Ken Frazier realize that they are like these people who are against it, they led great American companies. They did a fabulous job. They have fought the fight. And uh, to be losing with the CEOs in the South, when what are these people doing? I mean, where are they hiding? I, I honestly, I mean, I remember 64. I put, you know, I look, I campaigned for RFK in 68. I mean, these people, we knew what the score was. We knew who was the enemy. And now it's it, it's okay. I jeez, I, I mean, these battles were won. And if someone cares about earnings per share, I don't even know what they're fighting for when they're against this. Yeah. But they're fighting for the disenfranchisement of black people because there's something we ought to do. What is this? The 1870s? If uh, Reconstruction, the, 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 the corrupt bargain, the bargain that Tilden lost. I mean, I'm, I'm struggling to deal with this one. Wait, what Freeman's Bureau down there? Lincoln? And we're going to watch Brand. it, obviously. Uh, well covered, well covered in the Times today, as well as Axios uh, talking about the issues specifically that they're trying to take on. By the way, uh, CNBC's Race and Opportunity in America special airs tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, it's about the rise in anti-Asian violence in this country. We're going to look at the economic and social challenges facing that community and talk to a lot of business leaders, including Director John Chu, Box CEO Che Wong, former Avon CEO Andrea Jung, fashion designer Philip Lim, and pager duties Jennifer Tejada. That's tonight, 8 p.m. Back in a minute. Every day, thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create, like Olu Sheyi, a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. Got some earnings to look at. That's going to get us to Kramer's Mad Dash. Okay, so you get a lot of negative chatter about Lululemon. Uh, there's some analysts who are saying, well, look, they've got issues involving costs. Uh, they have issues that they have to spend more on Mirror. I think these will all disappear 
Uh, Look, when it's down nine, that means the seller's going to come in. And what happens is brokers get orders. They send it down nine. Then in the middle of the day, they send it down 12. And then they let it bounce to be down eight. So they look like they got a better average at the end of the day. But this was a good quarter. And people have to understand that Lulu is going to spend on Mira because they think that Mira could be Peloton. And who can blame them with Peloton's valuation? So I think stop sweating the program, Lulu. Uh, no real downgrades here. Lulu, by the way, has a history of being conservative with guidance. So don't take the, the bait. It's a good quarter. And they're just being very hmm. commonsensical about what's going to happen. This is a, a post-pandemic winner, not a post-pandemic loser. People are going to wear Lululemon. And by the way, well, look, the only place where it may be a loser is with Charlie Schwartz from Wells. He probably makes you put a tie on. <laughs> um, yeah, BTIG this morning, uh, Jim says the guidance there is probably conservative. Yeah. Although physical comps... Physical comps down 28. I want to talk to you in a bit about the mall. Having, I know you spoke to Macy's last night. But in the meantime, uh, there is the opening bell on this uh, Wednesday morning. Interesting day. At the big board, it's online education provider Coursera uh, celebrating an IPO. We're going to talk to the CEO later this morning on Squawk Alley at the NASDAQ. It's Hollaback, a grassroots initiative to end harassment. Um, so what about the mall at this point, Jim, having spoken to Gannett last night? Boy, I'm really, really torn. I mean, uh, Jeff, Jeff Gannett told a pretty good story at Macy's. Now, he, I, I, he really wanted, he took pains to distinguish between the A and B malls and the other malls. That is something that David Simon has explained to me uh, over and over again, which is that there are malls that people go to and there are malls that people don't. And Macy's, uh, I think, is uh, emblematic of, the, of the, the, the customer that is middle range, that is going back. The Bloomies business is fantastic, by the way. Uh, I'm always after them to do more Bloomies because people like them. They put some backstages within Macy's. But they've closed almost all the stores that they need to close. And they're saying that if you have a Macy's, they do two to three times the digital in that area than if they don't. Uh, everyone's saying they're leading with digital, Carl, and you get to, you know, PBH, leading with digital. You have to say leading with digital because you look at Target stock where they actually live with digital, and you're just kind of saying, I want to be Target. A lot of companies want to be Brian Cornell, but there is only one Brian Cornell who is smart enough to buy shipped as S-H-I-P-T, which those of us who use it are kind of blown away by how good it is. But PBH, uh, it's no longer Manny Chirico. They they did a good job. We look at that target. I mean, Brian Cornell is a visionary. And and I think that when people use their their dot com, so to speak, their e-com, they are kind of amazed at the ease of it. But I think Macy's is no longer in the fight for its life. They had a decent quarter. They got good cash flow. They're taking the cost down. So that is no longer on the, I don't know, the, the critical list. Uh, Nors is Kohl's, obviously. Right. Nors is Nordstrom. But look at these. Look at Target. Now, Walmart, by the way, it's my chapel trust owns, has been a real dog. And, and I think one of the reasons it's been a real dog is other people are catching up to their great e-commerce. Uh, but Macy's, I thought Gannett told a pretty good story. I know there, there are people who are dollars. And people who say, you know what, that is, we're going to see the mall slink back to its, uh, the lassitude of customers who aren't interested. I don't think that's true. I think that the A&B malls are getting customers. People like to shop again. Remember, we was, that was something we were very good at. We, you know, it was shopping, and that was oh, one. Yes. And then, like, steel was, like, number 480. We're trying to get <laughs> steel back up there. You know? No, it, it's... For a lot of people, Jim, it's an it's an experience, not just a necessity. Uh, I know you're probably dying to talk some Chewy. Uh, back to 90s, going to be a, uh, highest since early March. Uh, I see Webbush, I think, uh, goes from 90 to 100, uh, reiterates the outperform on some of this margin strength. 
Look, this was one of those stories that where I, it's, it, they put on a clinic. It, 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 really, it was a clinic on how, on how to move uh, and have incredible growth and make money when people didn't think they were going to make money. Have proprietary name brands that I happen to think are better than the actuals. Not unlike Costco, where I like to buy the Kirkland brand. So uh, Chewy is doing many, many things right. Not a back patter. They're running a very, you know, these guys are run to win. And I think anyone who listened to what they had to say about the retention of customers after the, the reopening of America and then the love of pets. I mean, the love of pets is extraordinary. Pets really uh, took off, so to speak, during the pandemic. And now the, it's not it's continuing. So Chewy's got that secular growth uh, tailwind. And they also have the tailwind of being once they're in, once people are in this new cohort, the 2020 cohort, spending more than the 2019 cohort. So congratulations to the Chewy people on doing such a remarkable job. And those of us who are customers love the we love the personalization, which is really extraordinary. Yeah, yeah, that's a pretty nice move there. Eleven percent on a surprise profit. Uh, the evidence lab, Jim, I oh, thought of you this oh, morning when UBS, <laughs> when yeah. UBS uh, took Apple uh, to a buy. Uh, they go from 115 to 142. Sturdier iPhone demand, Jim, and they're talking more about optionality regarding a car, which they say could be worth at least $14. Uh, what do we make of this? Well, look, I, I was listening to Tony Sagnegi yesterday talk on Squawk, and he's basically talking against all of those. He, he, he's really talking about how, listen, there's no momentum uh, and when, there's really not much as I get my Apple, my evidence lab is it's a UBS SUV <laughs> or SVU or something. Um, but one of the things that, that I think Tony looks at is that the actual numbers uh, as you go up in progression 21 to 22 to 23 really isn't special. But I continue to hold that those numbers are way too low because of the service revenue, which I think is going to be explosive. This isn't even based on the service revenue. This is actually saying no super cycle, which thank heaven, super cycle is the kiss of death. No problem. Valuation, optionality, seasonality. I think all of those work. But I, I do remember these stocks are out of favor. Uh, there is just a kind of a sense that if you want to own something tech, you have to own something that plays into the chip shortage hand. You want to own uh, semiconductor capital equipment uh, or is something that is just so exciting that is uh, that's revolutionary. I, I, uh, and those are very hard to find. I mean, look, I think NVIDIA is one of the greatest companies and it has a fantastic suite of product that makes it so video games are much better. But video games are, are part of the those are the days when you sat around. Now we're going out. Uh, and so a lot of the mm. of the chip stocks are related to uh, people who are sitting around and then the others are in shortage and they're related to the autos. So it's very hard to find really good tech stories that people want. People are defaulting to kind of a boring check story. I, I keep people see people buying IBM endlessly. Chuck Robbins, you mentioned him on uh, Yahoo Finance. Uh, people are buying Cisco. They think it is very inexpensive. And um, he, you know, Chuck is sticking by the couple of uh, years that it's going to take, but he also yep. sticking by the Tar Heels and the Falcons, which is, I mean, talk about three, talk about three teams that are going to take a couple of years: the semiconductors, the Falcons, and the Tar Heels. <laughs> they're all on, they're right. all on we'll long see. supply. There's a glut of all three of three of those. No, no, I love Chuck, but uh, Chuck does back some really curious teams, including yes. uh, um, D Rams. <laughs> on the flip side, from te- from Tech, Jim. Um, I don't know if you saw this out of Kimberly Clark a few moments ago, uh, raising prices across the board. 
uh, in North America to, to, to offset what they're calling a significant commodity cost inflation. That stock's back to 141. That's a high for the year, Jim. The, the in fact, gonna... that's uh, above the 50-day or the 200-day for the first time in several months. I'm sure Proctor can say the same thing. I was hoping that this happens because the margin squeeze is terrible. I mean, historically, Kimberly's always had this issue about pulp. Uh, Proctor's not up enough. They all have to make the same statement. Uh, these stocks, when they can put through, we, when we can see a price increase being put through and sticking, as we have, by the way, in the chemicals because of, uh, of Superstorm Uri, the numbers just go up, up. And then the analysts all fight to be able to say, I got it, I got it, I got it. I wonder whether Clorox can do that. I mean, Clorox is the stock that a new CEO, Linda Rendell, whom I really love, and the stock is still down 40 from its high, only uh, 55,000 shares trading here. It's up 40 cents. But you know, you're looking at a stock that's only, it's down three. I, these, I know the, we're not going to year over year buy as much Clorox because we no longer uh, are stockpiling wipes. But these companies are acting as if they're never going to come back. And if they can put through price increases, then numbers have to go higher. That's what that's what the street wants. That's interesting. Uh, Kroger also this morning uh, reiterating guidance for the year uh, with uh, a range that sort of uh, straddles the uh, the consensus. Jim, the right. other uh, out- upgrade that I thought was interesting was uh, was Baird on Harley. They go to outperform uh, price target 45. They are talking about some better uh, strategic execution, but mostly it's about strengthening retail demand uh, and severe inventory shortages uh, to the topic we were talking about a few minutes ago. Well, uh, Zeit's new CEO is, I, I think, uh, really coming to grips with the age issue. Uh, and, and trying to get that down. And by the way, uh, Polaris, which has not done a lot of TV since uh, Scott Wine left, is also benefiting from that. Uh, Thor benefiting. I had Vista Outdoors. I know people go say, Jim, that's a bullet company. But the part that is outdoors, still doing well. Williams-Sonoma part that outdoors, still doing well. I wonder, Carl, whether, uh, whether people didn't get a taste for being outdoors and recognizing the greatness of it. How much of this is just going to be people then slinking back home after they discovered and, and spent uh, for a Brunswick boat? I mean, you know, people like, I think there's just a sense that maybe we got to go to the great outdoors and embrace them more than just because of the pandemic. I, I know that it sounds silly yeah, that we no, tasted I- the outdoors and liked them, but I think we may have. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've talked about Harley over the years facing sort of long-term uh, demographic challenges as uh, perhaps millennials don't want to ride as much as they used as much as their parents did but maybe a a good sized uh, balance sheet on the household uh, sort of changes that dynamic we'll we'll have to see um boeing jim up back to 255 alaska Uh, we talked about the southwest sale uh, and now alaska buying 29 maxes okay so here's my theory on what's happening here i think that southwest just got a great deal on its planes. I don't think that I mean, Boeing wants to clear that inventory out. I know Boeing can make money on the back end on service, but I think Southwest, I think Gary Kelly just basically said, I'm going Airbus, and they gave him the store. So now, if you're Alaska, you say, hey, I want some of the store. So I think there's going to be, uh, it's not orchestrated. I think that they all want that Southwest deal. So I continue to believe that Boeing goes to 300. Uh, when I said that it was going to 200, people didn't believe me uh, when it was in the 150s. I, I think this is an excellent uh, opening of America's story. I think it works. Still not done. Yeah. No, you were, you had faith in BA when, man, when it, it was dark days. Well, and that, it was hard to shake you from your, your confidence no, great American that it was going to eventually recover. Uh, well, well um, run now. I want to congratulate again Greg Smith on the bond deal that saved America, so to speak. When they were able to raise money uh, during some dark days, it meant that uh, 
real America is going to get bailed out here and not bailed out with a checkness so much as just their the capital markets vote from the, for them. And that was a lot. Uh, Jay Powell doesn't get a lot of credit for that. Uh, but he was instrumental in doing it. Hey, by the way, Carl, you know what's moving up today? Some of these dog software companies. And I'm like, you know, the data dogs, I mean, Salesforce is moving up. Snowflake, I wonder who's in there buying these. It, it is extraordinary mm. to see stocks that have just been down for days actually getting a little lift. I got to do some more work on that because those have been not the place to go. Snowflake being the most hideous of these. Uh, down 20% for the year. I always uh, hail Frank Slootman. I know he's been on the show, but uh, people have been saying, Jim, don't yep. you understand this is owned by millennials and they think it's related to the weather. Uh, I think that there's a, that people have been waiting and waiting and waiting for these stocks to come down. Uh, my friend Curry Firestone talked about how there's a lot of stocks that are still selling at a price of sales. Uh, Snowflake is a very expensive stock. But to see someone finally take the bait when it's down 20 percent, maybe that I find that hopeful. Maybe that's hopeful because uh, people have been waiting for the quarter to end and they want to get into these. But uh, to see uh, Snowflake right. up more than Pepsi is a big deal. I do wonder, Jim, you know, we don't talk about London names very much, but Deliveroo, uh, ticker Roo over in London, uh, uh, big IPO today, down 24, is sort of has wow. people in Europe wondering if that enthusiasm is going to get washed out a bit. Wow. I mean, that's UK has had some really good uh, numbers with uh, with vaccination. That, that's terrible. That's absolutely terrible. I, the the yeah. IPOs have to stop. And, you know, and look, you know, some of these companies, you know, I got to talk about this Romeo for a second. That's RMO. OK, you're going to look at that. They made some projections in October. They're a SPAC. RMO, they projected they, they projected that they're going to make they have 140 million in revenues this year. Well, hey, that sounds really good. Remember, you can you're allowed to project whatever you want if it's a SPAC. I think the government's going to have to get to the bottom of this. 140. Well, it looks like it's not, it's not going to be that good, and they're lucky if it's 40. Uh, so you have 140 forecast made not made in October of last year for a SPAC, and now they're talking about 18 million to 40 million. So this is the uh, Cole Porter anything goes. I know you love pop music. Anything goes with a SPAC. I love Carl. Cole Porter. Cole Porter. I like more than Rogers and Hart. I'm not kidding. <laughs> yeah, he's right. He, as Cole would have said, uh, it takes two people to write a song. Uh, he was he was proud to do both. Um, Jim, we'll watch Romeo. I do want to ask you, while we have a minute here before we get to Rick on cannabis, uh, the New York State uh, Senate uh, did approve uh, legalization for recreational. Uh, dispensaries could open as early as next year. They're talking tens of thousands of jobs, $4 billion in sales. It's going to actually be a bigger market, Jim, than Washington State, not quite as big as California. But I guess the question is whether the stocks move on it. Look, they're, they're on an upswing uh, you get a till raise already up 182 percent this year. Uh, I, I think that a lot of these have anticipated anywhere it's on the ballot, it wins. Uh, I've been saying buy Grow Generation because they're the pick and shovel name uh, because they make it so that you can grow. They're very expensive stuff to really grow on mass. But look, these these stocks are uh, they're not to be denied on individual days. Uh, but I think that it's, it, New York is being a little too optimistic. Uh, New Jersey's not been that great. Maybe New York's going to be wide open. Mm. But a lot of things are like local areas that don't want this. So I say don't get too excited. Uh, A lot of this is already in these stocks. I like Canopy because they got a lot of cash and because they have that uh, taste great, no filling drink that none of us has had yet. Right. I did see there's some stories this morning about uh, Congress and whether or not the table is truly set on federal 
uh, legalization. Right. You got McConnell sort of out of the way as a roadblock. At least that's what some of the Dems would argue. But there's a little more skepticism that that could actually get done. Uh, it's, it, for now, it seems to be more of a state-by-state story. Yeah, the only but place we'll where it's it. legal is deal for New York. University of Mississippi. It's the only place that you can do it because they, they, have a, they were yeah. grandfathered in Oxford. Yeah. Um, I think we're going to get Chicago PMI here. Let's get to Rick Santelli. Hey, Rick. Yes, you know, very similar to yesterday's consumer confidence. Anybody with heart condition ought to sit down now. A big jump in Chicago PMI. Expecting a number barely over 60, 66.3, 66.3. That is a good number. As a matter of fact, you'd have to go pretty much all the way back to uh, July of 2018. We're at 67.1, so that is a biggie. And how does the market react to that? Well, watch yields. They are ticking up a little bit here as I speak. Look at a week-to-date of 10-year note yields. What you'll notice is that we extended and we held. Now, you could argue that we're kind of flat today, but we're flat over 170. Actually, that is a very good thing considering 172 and change is the high close going back to January of 2020. And let's take a long view, shall we? Here's a 10-year of 10 years. Why is this important? Because look at that chart. What jumps out at you? What jumps out at you is the mid-130s up to 2% looks like the zone we're going to spend time in. And I think that is a fairly safe bet. Remember, the mid to upper 130s represented the lowest yield closes in history in 2012 and 2016 of July of both those years until, of course, COVID hit and pushed that number down to half of 1%, 0.50. Now, if we consider the momentum that we've seen of late on the long dated and we realize today's the last day of March. Why is that important? Because whether you're looking at Canada, New Zealand, Japan, or India, this is the end of their fiscal year. And it's important. And a lot of mutual funds and, and other large institutional players also have their fiscal year calendar ending at the end of March. So there's going to be some rejiggering going on. We understand that. Now, finally, let's look at what's going on with the knob. Notes over bonds, 30-year yields minus 10-year yields. This is a really fascinating chart. Chicago pit traders used to love this spread. Why? It gives you a good indication of the amount of horsepower momentum on long dated. Now that it's contracting, actually, it's the most narrow it's been, uh, what, in eight months. That would tell me be a little cautious that this one and three quarters area that we've bucked up against in tens might end up holding for some consolidation. Jim and Carl, back to you. All right, uh, Rick, thank you very much. Rick Santelli, stocks got a little bump out of that uh, Chicago PMI number. As Rick said, best in about two and a half years. Dow's up 62, got most sectors in the green. You got the VIX once again under 20. We're back in a moment. Got some breaking news out of Delta. Let's get to Phil LeBeau. Hey, Phil. Carl, on the heels of Ken Chenault and Ken Frazier this morning, uh, both in the New York Times and on Squawk Box, basically calling for corporate America to fight the repressive uh, voter laws that have been uh, passed in Georgia and are being considered in other states. These new laws that make it more restrictive in terms of uh, the ability for people to vote. Uh, Delta CEO Ed Bastian out with an employee memo. This is it, just released a, a few minutes ago, essentially saying that Delta... Uh, agrees that this law is too restrictive. A couple of quotes from the memo from Ed Bastian. He, won, he writes, however, I need to make it crystal clear that the final bill 
is unacceptable and does not match Delta's values. He goes on to write, it is evident that the bill includes provisions that will make it harder for many underrepresented voters, particularly black voters, to exercise their constitutional right to elect their representatives. That is wrong. Those are the words of Ed Bastian, Delta CEO. So we are starting to hear from some corporate executives following this call from Ken Chenault and Ken Frazier that corporate America needs to fight back against any voter laws that make it more restrictive for people to cast their ballots. And certainly Georgia is front and center. Guys, back to you. Yeah, Phil, just quickly, uh, Carol Tomei, uh, CEO of, uh, of United Parcel, sent me a, a very, uh, very interesting book recently about the history of African-Americans who work for UPS. And uh, it's, it's stirring and it's a great story. Uh, how long before she has to come out? I mean, big employer, Atlanta. And I have to believe she's going to be out there saying something soon. Well, you know, we reached out to Delta as soon as we heard. Uh, and I watched the interview with uh, that Andrew did this morning with Ken Chenault and Ken mm-hmm. Frazier. And we reached out immediately to Delta and we said, look, they're calling out executives and they're calling out corporations. And Atlanta is right in the center of all of this. What does Ed Bastian have to say? And they said he's going to have something in an employee memo. And it was with, within 45 minutes that we received this one. We don't think this was in response to uh, the article in The Times or their appearance, Gar- uh, Carl, on Squawk Box. I think that this has been, it's, 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 it's bubbling up. And I think that for Ed Bastian, today was the day that he had to put these uh, words into a memo. And it's very clear, Delta does not agree with the voter law that was passed in Georgia. Now, whether or not that leads to changes, separate question. But clearly, they are on the record as saying it is too restrictive. Uh, Phil, uh, it's an important story. Uh, On another day, I might also ask you about them stopping the blocking of middle seats beginning May 1, which is now on the tape. But we'll save that for another time. Uh, Obviously, this is the front and center today. Thanks, Phil. By the way, do not miss CNBC's Race and Opportunity special tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern time, amid the rise in anti-Asian violence in the U.S. We're going to look at the economic and social challenges facing the Asian American community. You know, Jim, yesterday I did a a panel online for our CNBC Work Summit with Matthew McConaughey, uh, Oscar uh, award-winning actor, producer, philanthropist, and author, about the roles that corporate CEOs are taking on a number of social issues. Here's what he said. Our CEOs ready to take the responsibility to say, hey, I'm going to pay my tithe. I'm going to pay back to the city that I'm in, I, that I moved to um, because I left a place that I didn't want to be and I don't want to turn this city into why I left that one. Uh, we're dealing with that in Austin, Texas. You don't come here trying to ch- turn this place into why you left where you came from. Um, so CEOs are, are, are in a position of more power right now than I think they ever have been to lead where we're going to go um, as a people, as a country. Points to exactly what you were just saying with Phil about the roles of companies like Delta and Home Depot and UPS. Yeah, I mean, we mentioned Chuck Robbins uh, in a kind of a funny way involving some schools. Let's talk about a serious way. He and Mark Benioff have done more, I think, to say, listen, we got we to pay more money. Uh, we are very lucky people in America. We're very lucky people where we live, very lucky people that we're wealthy, and it's time to give back. And they favor uh, higher taxes on themselves. And I think that that's uh, emblematic of how great some of these CEOs are. We, it, I still believe that business is the greatest force for social change in this country. 
Uh, Jim, we're going we're gonna to follow that story. In the meantime, S&P 3975 as we wrap up the month and the quarter. We're back in a moment. Jim, you've got an important guest tonight on MAD. Yeah, uh, two things you want to watch tonight. Secretary Mark Raimondo, <laughs> Commerce Secretary, really instrumental in putting together this infrastructure. And then you want to watch Race and Opportunity in America at 8, at 8 p.m. like I will, because we're all uh, too ignorant and we're going to learn tonight. And uh, congratulate to all the people who are involved with it. Uh, we will continue to look for, um, for comments out of companies. Uh, yeah. about uh, about the issues we've been talking about socially. Uh, Jim, at, we didn't really talk about quarter end and whether or not you think the playbook really changes in Q2. Well, I am surprised that there's a lot of people coming back to the old favorite tech num- names as if nothing happened. Uh, I, I, or, I mean, perhaps people just said, you know what? Uh, I didn't want to show these. Uh, I, I will show my the people who are members of my fund or, or fund investors, the days, you know, they don't give you the last day in those holdings. So it looks like they're being drawn to them again. Rather amazing. I, maybe they think that uh, the selling's over. Uh, I wouldn't be so sure. Right. Oh, it's, there's a lot headed our way uh, this afternoon if we get some granularity on infrastructure. And of yes. course, although we'll be closed, uh, from, uh, markets will be closed on Friday, that jobs number is going to be key. I uh, look <laughs> forward to tonight. Thank you. Uh, Thank good you, hour, man. Mad Money with Jim Cramer, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager.